Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. Well, a very good morning to you this morning. How are you? Are you doing well? Uh, try again. How are you doing? You doing well? Who's excited to be in church this morning? Come on, give me a wave. Give me a nod. If you're pumped to be in the house of God, shout out Gas Street Online. Hey, it's such a joy to be with you this morning. It feels good in the room. I don't know about online, but it feels good in here today. Feel like we're touching heaven today. Anybody else feel like we're touching heaven, like the Lord wants to speak? Come on. And um, always a privilege and a joy to get to serve you around God's Word. If we haven't met, I'm Tebo. I get to serve as a part of the team here at Gas Street. And um, as I say, it's just a privilege, man, to get to come and encourage one another. What's happened to all the young people? Have, have they been raptured? What's, what's happened to this section? Come on, we're struggling here. I'm going to need some encouragement from these sections, I guess, um, to my left and to my right. Come on. And uh, we're going to have some fun wrapping up our series this morning on the Holy Spirit. So a question for the 11.30. The 9.30 did good. The 10.30 at St. Luke's was also good. This is my third time, so I'm now high on Red Bull. So let's, let's go. Um, a question for the room. Who's, who still brings a real Bible to church? Come on. Give me a wave. Give me, just show me a Bible. If you, if you still bring a real Bible to church on a Sunday, couple there. Yes, the Canadian crew again. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go to the Gospel of John. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and um, we'll read just a few verses. This is Resurrection Sunday. You know the story. Um, Jesus, a few days earlier, had been arrested, um, beaten, crucified, died, put in a tomb, and on the third day, he, he had risen again. And we find our text, we'll pick this up in verse 19, in the evening on uh, Resurrection Sunday, Uh, Here's what it says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. I want to unpack that in detail in just a moment, but these guys, Jesus' best friends, are locked up in a room. They've locked themselves in a room because they are afraid of the Jewish leaders suddenly. The scripture says, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord again. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. I want to touch on that this morning. If you're taking notes, I want to share a few thoughts from the subject. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are in this house. Oh, Father, only you alone know the story, the journey the road. Father, we're grateful this morning for your word because it's not dead, but it's alive. It's active. It's sharp. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, your word is able to get into the spaces and areas of our lives that perhaps nothing else can get into. Oh, Lord, this morning, come by your spirit and 
speak to us, challenge us through your word if you need to ignite a flame in us. Those of us who've walked in this morning feeling a little dry, a little empty. Father, would you come by your spirit and fill us here this morning. We're desperate for you, Jesus. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone of faith said, Come on, let's thank Massimo for helping me sound spiritual. Thank you, sir. Receive the Holy Spirit. A couple of years ago now, uh, my cousin, his name is Njinga, he texts me. Uh, he's in Durban in South Africa where we grew up. Uh, he texts me and he says, bro, Google image search trypophobia. And I think to myself, no way. What is that? Is it, is it imagery of someone tripping over or something? He's usually posting ridiculous um, videos on his Instagram story. I said, no way. He says, he says, bro, trust me. And my cousin knows me so well, i.e. how to wind me up. And he's so clever. He says, he says to me to Google image search. So I don't even know what it is. I don't have time to have a look at what trypophobia is. And I Google image search trypophobia. And what comes up? Images of tiny, tiny holes, small holes. I'm thinking this is very, very odd. And within one to five seconds, something very strange begins to happen to me. I become immediately distressed in my body. I begin to sweat and get very uncomfortable. And I'm wondering what on earth is going on so rapidly. And before I know it, I discover that the strange feeling that I'm feeling in my body is fear. Fear, trypophobia, the fear of small holes. These things are on everything, hands, artifacts, ornaments, fruit. If you stick a passion fruit in front of me, I will be very upset with you. Uh, and, and pray for me, you know, because my struggle is not um, the fear of heights, acrophobia. Anybody scared of heights in the room? Um, yes, a couple of you wanted to. Uh, it's not anthropophobia, the fear of flowers, although where are my hay fever sufferers the last two weeks? Come on, you've been dying. I, am, I, I have been suffering. I don't think I slept last night, just breathing problems. Uh, hay fever killing me. The fear of flowers, can you believe that's a thing? Not ataxophobia, the fear fear of disorder or untidiness. Anybody struggle at home when things are untidy, things are just uh, not in order? Yes, you again. Are you okay? Do we need to get you down here? Your hand's gone up for every phobia. We need, Lord, right now, just release my sister from fear. This was a funny one. Decidophobia, the fear of making decisions. Anybody struggle when it comes to decision making? Yes. Lord, just bring deliverance. Yeah. Today, decidophobia. I couldn't look at this thing. I was so mad at my cousin, which of course he found amusing. Uh, but do pray for me. But I want to ask you this morning here at the 1130, uh, maybe online as well, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Let's go deeper. Maybe a failure. Maybe you're afraid to fail in life, whatever that looks like. Uh, maybe it's the fear of not living up to the expectations that those around you place on you. Maybe it's the fear of letting people down, missing the mark. I've been thinking lately regarding how fear can really ruin our day and hold us back from doing that which 
the Lord has set out, set us out to do. What do we not do? What do we not say? Where do we not go and travel to? Where are the places that we don't even imagine ourselves in because we're afraid? In our text this morning, we find a fear. The disciples in verse 19 on Resurrection Sunday are gathered. Much like this, they are gathered, but they are afraid. By the way, honoring the Sabbath, recognizing that even in difficult times, we must never forsake the assembly, the gathering of the church, the coming together to worship to pray, to, to encourage one another in the Lord. Uh, because often when things get tough, the first thing to get canceled from the schedule uh, is, is the gathering. Oh, I can't make it on Sunday. I was busy. Uh, Hebrews 10.25, let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And what's striking about this moment, the disciples are gathered afraid, is that that morning, they had heard from Mary, who had seen Jesus. Jesus appeared to her. He said, Mary. She responded, Rabboni. She recognized him. Jesus said to her, hey, 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 Mary, go tell the guys. Mary goes and tells the guys. Peter and John, they run to the tomb. The Bible says in, 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 in the earlier verse in the chapter that John believed if you match this with Luke's account, Luke 24, the two disciples that met with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they ran back and announced to the same crew, hey, Jesus is alive. We've seen him. We ate together. And not only that, but Jesus told them. He said this would happen. And yet they are in locked, behind locked doors, afraid. I wonder this morning, have you ever walked with Jesus? Have you ever communed with Jesus, spent time breaking bread with Jesus, uh, served on every team, sung all the songs, seen people come to know Jesus, even seen the Lord, and yet you've been afraid? I wonder this morning, what's the fear here? Fear of the Jewish Leaders, Iodeos protophobia, Iodeos translating to Jew or Jewish, proto-leader phobia, fear, fear of the Jewish leaders. Afraid that perhaps they too might get recognized as followers of Jesus. That they might get arrested, beaten, crucified next. What will they say to us? What will they do to us? Afraid on Resurrection Sunday, the one day that perhaps they ought not to have been Afraid, behind locked doors, how many messages have we heard on the resurrection? How many gatherings like this have you sat through? You've shouted, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. He was dead, but now he's alive. How many times have we heard time and time again that Jesus is alive, even seen the Lord, and yet we've been afraid? It's remarkable to me, you know, that even though my heart knows Sometimes fear still paralyzes me. It still causes me to become irrational at times. It causes, when fear seizes us, it causes us to imprison ourselves. Some of the tensions perhaps we create 
is, is that we create prisons because we're fearful. Where we put walls up because we feel safe and I'm careful with what I say because uh, I don't want you to hurt me. I'm careful with what I do because I don't want you to hurt me again and right so for some of us. And I want to say that this morning because out of our own protection uh, for our own safety, perhaps it is right that you do protect walls and create boundaries, not out of fear, but for some of us, uh, we find ourselves doing and saying things we never thought we would do because of fear. It begins to control our words at times, our body language. What will I do when I get there? What will I say when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit even sometimes, we fear the unknown. We fear that which um, is unusual to us. Maybe we've seen some strange things over the years in meetings and gatherings like this, and therefore we've closed ourselves off. We've, we've shut down. Two weeks ago, I had an experience um, that was just really, I'm still processing, in fact, I got to travel up to, up to Yorkshire, anybody from Yorkshire, up north, yes, come on, sir, um, I went to see a friend of mine who is uh, serving a very long prison sentence uh, in a category A maximum security prison, and I can't begin to describe to you the emotions I was feeling, I haven't seen my mate, we grew up together, and he fell into, you know, some things over the years, and and I was just reflecting. I had a list of things I wanted to ask him. Hey, what are your reflections now? What, are, what have you been thinking about over the last two years? There's still so much time to go on. And uh, there's, you know, he didn't want to talk about any of that, interestingly. He wanted to talk about just, just who he was. And, and it's amazing what we begin to reflect on in times when we, we've got time to think. And as I was reflecting on my journey home, I'm thinking about, gosh, all that time he will spend um, in behind those walls. And it just got me thinking about sometimes the prisons that I, that I put myself in at times. And I, and I place myself in maybe because of fear. But I really sense the Holy Spirit here this morning that somebody is getting free today in the name of Jesus. I really feel in my, in my heart of hearts today that we're going to get set free from that because you and I are no longer slaves to fear. It doesn't live here anymore. It's got a new postcard. And Jesus, he shows these disciples that with his suddenly, in verse 19, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, perhaps one of the most beautiful pieces of scripture, that in the midst of your fear, in the midst of that which you're dealing with right now, the distress, the, distress, the pain, the anguish, the the animosity, the conversations that are tough. In the midst of all of that, Jesus suddenly comes. Imagine being in that room, 18 to 25 year olds. These guys were young, just trying to figure out life. Imagine, imagine the remorse in the room, the regret, the shame, the blame, the, the, the conversation. Peter, it's your fault. You said you'd never leave him. You said, you said you'd always be there. Peter says, hey, hey, where were you? The reality is we all left and we've all denied him. Where's the one disciple? Where's the one disciple that raises the faith in the room? I love it when somebody steps into a room and raises the faith. Where's the one disciple that says, hey, guys, 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 chill out. Remember what he said. Draw to mind the promise. He told us that this would happen. Fear had robbed their faith. Has fear ever robbed your faith? 
Yeah, I'm guessing it has. Fear had robbed their faith. Here's the thing about Jesus. He's not bound by doors or barriers or walls that we put up. In the midst of our fear, Jesus always comes. He always comes. Someone needs to hear that this morning. He always comes. He always shows up. Even at the last minute, I was hearing someone talking the other day about how sometimes Jesus just enjoys communion with us. He just, he just waits. Because sometimes if he gives us the blessing, if he says, yes, will we still come? He's enjoying, because you're coming to him right now. You're praying for that thing, and, and it's taking a while, but, but he's enjoying the devotion right now, the, the, the coming and the pressing in, the, 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 the Lord, I need you. Sometimes he holds back, but I love that, that, that he always comes. Suddenly, Jesus was there, standing among them. What does he say to them? He says, peace be with you. In one respect, this is a regular greeting they would have used in that Culture, shalom, alachayim, peace, be with you. But this peace is different. You see, his speaking peace makes peace with God. It makes peace with our own consciences. Peace with one another. All this peace be with you. It's not peace with the world, but peace in Christ. Remember what he said in John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind. And heart, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot take away. So don't be troubled or afraid, Gastry. John 16, 13, I have told you all so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. What? Because I've overcome the world. Theologian John Stott, he said this about peace. He said, we learn then that the church's very first need before it can begin to engage in evangelism is an experience and an assurance of Christ's peace. Peace of conscience through his death that banishes sin, peace of mind through his resurrection that banishes doubt. Once we are glad that we have seen the Lord and once we have clearly recognized him as our crucified and risen savior, then nothing and no one will be able to silence us. I mean, look at the method he took to convince his disciples of the truth of this resurrection. Get this, they are now seeing him alive. This is actually pretty mind, like, like, like mind-blowing. That this man who they had known and engaged with at close proximity, he was dead and now he's alive. I mean, forgive the disciples for a second, the only doubt in that room at this point was whether this body that they now saw standing before them was the same body that they had seen dead just a few days earlier. Nothing could prove that more than the wounds in his hands and his side. Scripture says as he spoke. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. Those wounds were a demonstration of truth. They say something, Isaiah 53 verse 5, the punishment that brought, us, um, that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are, we're healed. He showed them those wounds for their conviction so that they would believe. Often our struggle is that we struggle to believe. What did God say? 
What did he speak to you in that quiet place? That one Sunday morning, that Sunday night, that Wednesday morning in your quiet time, what is the promise of the Lord? What are the wounds in our lives that we're ashamed of that tell the world that if it had not been for the Lord, who is on my side? What are the wounds that would rather cover up and not engage in conversation about his open hands? Uh, He opens his hands to them that they might see the marks and the wounds on him. He opens his breast to show them the wound on his side. Why? Because the exalted redeemer will forever show himself open-handed and open-hearted to those in whom he loves. To us, his friends, get that, that should have had at least three nods in the room. (laughs) The redeemer, the exalted redeemer will always show himself open-handed and open-hearted to those whom he loves. He will forever show us that because he lives, we shall live also. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're alive. And because you're alive, so are we. So are you. He lives. Jesus lives. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Of course they were. Of course they were because because the sight of Christ will gladden the heart of the believer any day. Any day. Maybe your prayer this morning, if you are in distress, if you are worried about the challenges of life, perhaps the prayer is, Lord, show me your face. Perhaps if we get to open up the altar here later on, maybe you ought to come down and lay before the Lord face first into the ground with the prayer on your heart, Lord, show me your face. Because when we see the Lord, we rejoice. The sight of Jesus, here's some revelation straight from heaven here this morning. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Gastric. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because when we see the Lord, we rejoice. Verse 21. Uh, to 22, again, he said, peace be with you. The key word here is again. You know, the word of the Lord comes a second time. If you don't get it, ask Jonah. He will come again and again. Comes again. Peace be with you. The first salutation, though, was to still their hearts. Because remember, they were panicking. They were in fear. Things had gone terribly wrong. Just on Thursday, they were celebrating breaking bread. Jesus is going to take the kingdom. Next thing, he's dead. So the first thing Jesus says is, peace be with you, of course. The second peace be with you, though, is to set them up for what was to come. And I feel this is the peace be with you that we're needing to hear this morning, because though it would involve them, what they're about to do, a great deal of trouble, it would be peace to them. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. I want to come back to that in a moment, but I love this. It says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. When Jesus Jesus steps into our fear, he breathes on us. This idea of breathing, you know, John never forgot this moment. I mean, Jesus breathed every day. This this wasn't anything new, but, but in this particular moment, John thought to write it down. 
Thoughts are right around because this is not just oxygen from the Middle East. He breathes on them, not only to show them by his breath of life that he himself was really alive, but so that he would, um, he would show them that, that not only do we need oxygen for our physical bodies to, to, to keep going, but we can't be alive spiritually and do what we need to do to what, what he's called us to without the breath of God, the breath of the second person of the Trinity, the holy breath. Gastry, this morning as we close out this series, here's my message to you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. If he, when, when, when Jesus breathes on you, write this down, my note takers, my best friends in the house. When he breathes on you, he sends you. He empowers you. Back to verse 21, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The same way an appliance without the plug or a battery-powered light that isn't charged up is pretty useless. That's my testimony right now in my house. Both my kettle and the battery-powered light in my house is not working, and they are both pretty useless right now. The same we are without the Spirit of God. Same way. He sent them authorized with a divine mission. Armed with divine power, he sent them as ambassadors to testify of this good news that they have witnessed with their very eyes a testimony so powerful that they would build the church on. That Jesus is alive, certainly their commissions and their powers were infinitely inferior to his, but their work was of the same kind with his. And they were to go on where he left off. As he was sent to bear witness to the truth, so were they. As the Father sent him to the lost sheep of Israel, he sends you and I. He sent them to the world. And I feel the challenge of the Holy Spirit here this morning. Have we been locked up in these walls, having pretty epic worship experiences where we're lingering in the presence of God and we're soaking and the temperature is a bit warm today. Um, we're getting a good welcome. We're having wonderful conversations. How was your week? How was your week? Uh, bickering perhaps between us like the disciples that day. Have we been locked up in here that when we go out, in, out there, we're locked up in here? And I'm preaching to myself here this morning as somebody who, you know, who's, who's spending a little bit of time out there in the marketplace um, these days, most days. When did our Sunday catch-ups include what we saw God do this week through faith? Who did God heal this week as I laid hands and prayed and believed the Lord for a miracle? Who came to Jesus because I was bold and in encouraging somebody around the word of the Lord? What if it's not about how many we can gather, but rather how many he wants to scatter? What if that's what it's about? What if it's about the sending and the empowering of the saints this morning? What if there is us receiving the spirit of God the Lord is whispering, he's saying, hey, I'm sending you. I'm empowering you to even your own family, often the hardest ground to, 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 to bring the good news. What if that's the mission of the Lord here today? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I was uh, at a wedding and I got to catch up with a couple of friends I hadn't seen in a while. 
and one of these particular gentlemen, I haven't, you know, seen him in a few years, and I was so taken back by his boldness when it came to sharing the faith. In fact, every person we came across, whether it was a person we stopped to ask to take a photo or somebody uh, who was helping us serving breakfast or the bystander or somebody at the wedding, not one person did he, did, not, did he not engage around the gospel and ask them the question, hey, do you know Jesus? Shook me to my core. And I like to imagine myself as somebody who's you know, not afraid every now and then to, 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 to engage somebody around the things of God, but I felt so challenged in that, in that moment. That's what we're trying to do uh, with, with love. Of your neighbor with gastric business, which I get to be a part of next breakfast, July 15th. Get that in your diary. Uh, our, our vision is to uh, encourage people and to inspire people to take the DNA of Jesus into the community, into the business community. And, and guess what? You and I, we need the Holy Spirit for Monday. We, we can't do what the Lord is calling us to as a church, as a ministry here, without the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. Jesus, what Jesus came to do he is now sending us to do. When Jesus breathes on you, he sends you, he empowers you. Here's another one, he, he fills you. Ooh. Ah, when Jesus breathes into this room, into you, he, he fills you. If you're thirsty this morning, he will fill you. Mm. Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord rested on the disciples to qualify them for the, service, for the services that lay before them. When Jesus employs you, he will clothe you with his Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit to work faith in you, to open up your understandings, Sometimes the tension here is that we need rationale, we need understanding, we need things to be explained and often we never get to taste and see that the Lord is good because, because we need understanding. We can't, if we can't understand something, sometimes we reject it. We say that's not, that's not for me, but receive the Holy Spirit here this morning so that the Lord might open up your understandings so that you might begin to see through the eyes of faith what he's doing in this room. The Lord is doing 160,000 things in the room here right now and online. And what the Spirit of God wants to do is to open up your eyes, to begin to see what he's doing, to begin to see where the favor is, where, where the gifting is, where the person is in the room that you need to go and encourage and speak a word so powerful. The Spirit of God wants to open up our understandings and stir up courage within us here today. Paul said to the Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit. In the original language, it suggests an ongoing filling. Be filled again and again. The Lord doesn't want us to leave this table hungry. Let me tell you that right now. If you leave the presence of God here still hungry, he doesn't want that. He wants you to come down, receive the Holy Spirit. When we open up the altars sometime, come down sometimes. And the band can come up. I'll wrap up in a moment and we'll pray. When we open up the altars, come down sometimes. Some of you haven't been down here in years. I don't know why. Let's not go into the reasons and the specifics. They don't matter. But come down sometimes, oh, oh, you know, they're calling for people who've got sore knees. That's okay. Just come down. Tell the person who's got their hand on your shoulder that you just need a fresh touch. 
Just a fresh touch of the Spirit of God. He wants to come here this morning and give you and I a fresh touch to begin to revive that which is within us that may have died in life because life is tricky and things do come up and sometimes the kids are a nightmare and sometimes we're struggling to find work and sometimes we're in awkward situations and conversations but the Spirit wants to come here today and give you empowerment and to fill you up here this morning for what lies ahead. Come on, Gastrid. Is there anybody in the room here this morning who needs a fresh touch from heaven? When Jesus comes, he steps into our fear. He, he, he breathes on us. And when he breathes on us, he sends us. He empowers us. He, he, he fills you and I. Fills us with his spirit. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come on, lawyer in the room, teacher, barista. Yeah, thank you. So you're a lawyer? Come on. The Lord wants to fill you. You know you need a fresh touch. Come on, parents in the room. Come on. Come on, young person. Come on, someone online just tuning in. I love we've got the guys, a few guys from Canada here who've been a part of the Gas Street family for three years. I've been mentioned already. Three, I mean, and here they are today. It's just amazing, like just coming to be a part of what the Lord's doing. The Lord wants to, wants to fear you here this morning. Let me give you this last one. When Jesus breathes on us, He gives us life. Some of you here this morning, the Lord wants to give you life. I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians walking around just looking dead. Dead. That's not why Jesus came. When you walk in a room, things have to change. They have to because of what you carry. They have to change. When you walk into the office tomorrow morning, there needs to be something just different. Like what's, look at you today. Look at you, what's, what's up with you? Oh, I had a fresh touch yesterday. No one understand what that means. Maybe not say that. <laughs> Ooh, that's just weird. You know, sometimes we can be weird. Don't be weird. When you walk into the coffee shop, I'm challenging myself. Something has to be different. When they say, what can I get you? Which I hate. Say hello first. Ask me, how's my day going? No, 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 back up. How are you doing today? Do you know what? You're, you, you're so good at this. Wow. Something has to be different. It just has to be. Why? Because we're full of the Spirit of God. Come on, this is what's happening here this morning. There's a stirring. I feel it in my spirit. It feels like revival in here. The Lord is stirring the hearts of the believer. He's making us glad once again. He's giving us new life. The, the very same breath that Jesus is breathing out into this room of disciples is the same breath that God had breathed that very morning. That very morning, Jesus was lying dead. Like dead, dead. He's not breathing, no power, no life. He's as dead as the cold stone. And God breathed into Jesus and He came alive. You remember in Genesis 2 chapter 7, when God had created Adam, it says that when the Lord formed this man from the dust of the ground, He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. I could do with a bit of that, Lord, please, for my hay fever, struggling. And the man became a living person. The same breath in dead Adam. The same breath in dead 
Jesus is the same breath and guess who? Me, you and I today to come alive. Someone's coming alive today in the name of Jesus. Oh, I prophesy. I prophesy today that someone's coming alive in the name of Jesus. Paul said to the Romans, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What does it look like on Thursday afternoon when you remember, oh, the same power. Hey, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I'm passionate about this this morning. Is this okay? I'm passionate. I'm sorry. Like, this is just how it is, bro. Like, like the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, lives in you. So when I pray, you pray together. Things have to happen. Bodies need to be healed. Cancer needs to go in the name of Jesus. Fear needs to leave the room in the name of Jesus. When I pray, when you pray, sickness has to go in the name of Jesus. Blind eyes must be open. Those who are lost, who rejected the Lord, must come back and know the Father. When I pray, when you pray, the room needs to shift. Our city, Birmingham, needs to shift. When I pray, when you pray, the universities, the nation needs to come alive in the name of Jesus. Because He's alive. Woo! Come on, stand to your feet. I'm finished preaching. Got a couple more things to say, but I reckon at this point it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Lift your hands all across this room, online. Come on, receive the Spirit. Just say it after me. I receive the Spirit. I receive the Spirit of God. Come on, come on, come on, receive it. Come on, if you pray in the heavenly language, begin to pray in the heavenly language right now. Some of you don't have that gift yet, but watch it come now. Come on, step out. From the front to the back, stir your faith right now. Thank you, Lord. Every heart, every heart abandoned right now, faith is rising. Woo, faith is rising. I see doors being knocked down in the name of Jesus. The walls are coming down. The walls are coming down. I prophesy right now. Oh, healing in our bodies, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see marriages being restored in the Spirit. As the Lord showed me that earlier on, I see marriages coming together. Those who've been struggling in their marriage, struggling with communication, see the Lord coming right now whispering to you, hey, come on, let's fix this. Relationships at home, tensions, those are often the areas that are the most difficult. I see restoration, I speak restoration into the room right now. online. Come on, I receive the Spirit. Hey, come on, just sing out. Hey God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You're faithful, you're faithful. Faithful God. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.